0: Welcome to this episode of Wild Wolf Love. Today I have with me Eve Molzen. Eve, uh, thank you so much for joining me again. No problem. Thanks for inviting me. It's great to have you here because it's good to have a, a trainer's perspective, a trainer's point of view on, on dog. I really appreciate you uh, spending some time with us. No problem. Well, during COVID, you know, so many
1: people went and got puppies, or they they were home with their puppies, so they realized all those little nuances that
0: were occurring when they, when they weren't around. <laughs> Absolutely. Before we get going into what we're going to talk about today, I have a couple of of uh, confessions to make to you. The first one is is kind of a fun one. Your Facebook page, Fun for Pets, Dog Care and or Daycare and Boarding. I might've yeah. said that wrong. <laughs> no, you're right. That's it. I, I, I you know, ever since I discovered that I go there one, two, three times a week. And I look at the videos and they are just the happiest, happiest videos. If you're having kind of the slightest rough day going and looking at those videos, they're so sweet. They just perk me up. And I, I have to admit, I go there well, but- oh,
1: fabulous. This uh, past weekend, I, I got a little sassy. There was this little white Maltese that when we would go outside would just talk away to me. So I was like, I hear you, Sally stole your boyfriend. Like I gave her barking a little story mm-hmm. um, and oh my goodness, it was super funny. And uh, yeah, every let out she would do that. And then I would just add to her story.
0: Oh, you talk to your
1: boyfriend. Is he dumping Sally for you? And like, <laughs> yeah.
0: They're the sweetest videos and they, I have dogs and they cheer me up and, and, but just watching those videos just instantly, it gives me a lift and it brightens my day. And I thank you for putting those on there. Oh,
1: well, thanks. Yeah. They're fun. I, I know our pet parents watch them. I know our pet grandparents watch them. Um, and yeah, and it's fun to put on. It's just, it's fun to show the side of the dog. Yeah.
0: And, and to see the doggy daycare to see the interactions, the dogs playing the, the pack. It's a lot of fun to watch those. Yeah. And it it also
1: teaches people, you know, they're seeing what dog and dog interaction looks like in a live video environment. Um, So that way, if they go to the dog park or they invite the neighbor dog over, it gives them that conversation, that context to be like, Oh, is this too rough? Is this appropriate? Um, And really helps to educate as well.
0: Yeah. And thanks for doing that. My second confession to you is on the first episode you were with us, you talked about feeding your dog by hand, that bonding time, doing that, or if you were too busy putting it on the floor, just talking to them while they were eating. And I did that. I told you I was going to do it. (laughs) But I really did because it was something that I was like, oh, it makes sense. But I'd never heard of it and I'd never tried it. And I have good dogs. I will say I have good dogs and I feel like I've bonded with them. But this was a unique and fun way. And I did bond with them even more. And they do get tired of their food. And and I do worry about that. And I can't go change the food constantly because one of them has a, a really tender tummy. So doing that, it really changed the dynamics in my house. It does, doesn't it? Like it's the craziest thing, yeah.
1: but the, you are giving that dog one-on-one attention and they're associating that affection and that, that feeling and the vibration that you are giving off just having that
0: moment. Absolutely. And I found that they just you you can tell dogs they have certain expressions and their faces you can tell that they love the attention from you they they love that one-on-one attention and my dogs it really has kept them from being real bored with their food because they Mm -hmm. do get real bored with the food and they love that extra love in the morning and occasionally I'm Either I'm just way too tired and I, you know, I do put it (laughs) down in front of me or I am busy getting ready for the day and I do put it on the floor and I don't necessarily always hand feed them. It has changed the dynamic between the dogs too.
1: Yes. Uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. They, it gives them pause And, and that's a word the industry has kind of started to adapt, but it, it just causes the dog to pause and take it in. And even if you do that scatter feeding, you know, where you just throw it on the floor and they're like oh my gosh, best thing ever, right? Running around, snacking up their food. Yeah, it just, it it causes a different euphoric state for the dog.
0: My dogs, one of them would be at the bowl and the other one would be kind of timid to go over. And since I started doing that, when they would eat from their bowl, because we just do it in the morning and the, there's food the rest of the day in the bowl, the timid dog is less timid in going over and eating out of the bowl next to the more, uh, pack leader type of dog that I have it's changed that dynamic too Mm -hmm. right because you showed that you gave permission
1: right so because you have endorsed the feeding by doing it by hand yeah absolutely yeah
0: so it's really it's changed things in ways I couldn't well I didn't imagine would really happen I always thought my pack leader dog was always going to be pack leader which she will be and uh well I call her bossy sometimes too (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that she was going to be the boss of the other one and the other one was always going to be meek, And it got them on a little more equal status, which I really like. Sure. Well, it brought your bossy
1: one down. Yeah. Because yeah. she understood, oh, mom does this for both of us. We are both special. We both get private time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, When when we talk to people who have two dogs in the household who don't always get along and there's little tiffs and things like that, we tell them, You need to do obedience training together. So one dog on your right, one dog on your left, they both sit, they both get a cookie. They both lay down, they both get a cookie because then they learn, oh my gosh, we both work together. We both can do this stuff. It's not always a competition over mom or food bowl or toy. It can be done simultaneously.
0: Yeah, so I think the feeding by hand, was the greatest tip for me that I've tried in in a very long time. And, and if you have the chance to try it at home for those who are listening, you know, try it a couple of times and, and see how it goes, you know, and if you don't like necessarily feeding by hand or getting their, you know, sloppy face in your hand the scatter feeding is awesome too. Yeah. I think it really is. It's just, it's changed the dynamic. And so those are my two confessions for you fabulous fabulous I love them both (laughs) they're good confessions Anna and what I wanted to talk with you about today is my Violet she she barks but she barks when we're walking she's the sweetest big Bernie doodle and I I think she is just wanting to meet people. I think she, if she did meet all these people, because they're usually across the street or ahead of us or, you know, what have you, I think that she wants to be friends. And she doesn't have many friends outside of my home because of COVID. And she was a puppy for those first few years. So, uh, but when we go out from the moment we step out, I'm not sure if she's barking to hear herself or if she's just barking to people because there doesn't always have to be somebody there. And I have to admit that she's such a good dog. She's such a sweet thing. And it's hard for me to get really mad at her, but we were out on the stoop the, on Friday and there were some dogs with a, their person walking towards us. And I I kind of, I didn't lose it in a bad way, but I kind of lost it. I was, I was so frustrated because nothing is working. I don't know whether it's a good or a bad uh, bark or that she's doing that because she kind of gets out of control and I need to have her in control because she's 75 pounds of big dog. And I was just like, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) I I just, I I was at my wits end. And I was wondering if you have some thoughts on that.
1: Absolutely. Well, first off, I think you just communicated what 90% at least of your listeners talk about that whole, can you just shut up moment? (laughs) Right. We've all been there as Mm. trainers. We get there too. Like we know, And then we're like, oh my God, I just had that thought and I'm a trainer. What did I just think that for? And it is frustration and it's frustration for the dog and it's frustration for us because we're not communicating effectively. And it doesn't matter the breed, it it doesn't. You know, I have hound dogs that will bark when they smell something 10 miles away. They're like, oh, I just
0: smelled a squirrel. (laughs)
1: Um, And I have no idea why they're barking, but boy, are they excited to bark and let me know they just smelled a squirrel. So dogs bark for various reasons. In your case, you kind of know what the reason is. Now, the question is, is she barking? Because she's like, hey, mom, hey, mom, do you see them? Hey, mom, hey, mom, do you see them? Hey, that might be one bark. That one's really common when you're out for a walk or when the dog sees something out your window and you're in the house and you're in the kitchen and you're going, shut up, stop barking, <laughs> right? Like, think of all those words that come out of your mouth. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Especially when you're in the house when nobody can supposedly hear you. Um <laughs> And then when you're outside, you're like, shut up.
0: <laughs> um,
1: they might be barking and saying, oh my God, let's meet, let's meet. You know, communicating yeah. with the per. They think they're communicating with the other human or the other dog. Or it might be, this is my mom, back off. This is my mom, back off. You know, so it, it is hard to tell. Um, usually I tell people, look at the other signs your dog is giving. Is the tail up or the tail down? Are the ears pinned back or the ears up? Is the hair standing up on the back of their their nape or is it down? right? Are they wiggle budding while they're barking? So that will just kind of help to dissect what type of bark is it? Is it a, Hey, I want to come meet you. Is it a, Hey, this is my mom. Stay away from me. Is it mom? You know, mom, I, do you see this? Do you see this? I'm a little scared because that that thing is over there. Um, So those are the three basic areas that we try and define the bark. So then we can figure out, does your dog need direction Does your dog need redirection? And then how can we work on that? So you talked about doing the scatter feeding. So one of the most popular ways to get your dog to redirect from the bark, whether it's a I'm scared and we need to move past this thing, or I want to go say hello. And we use the word find it. So you start in the house, right? You do your scatter, you throw the food, you say, find it. Now we go outside and before we see said scary thing, we're going to train this. You can use their kibble. You can use a treat. Some dogs, when they get outside, they're so excited, right? They're like, oh my God, we're outside. It's like going to Chuck E. Cheese. Um, So then you might need to use a little bit higher value, you know, a hot dog, some chicken, something like that. And you throw it on the ground and you say, find it, make sure they see it as you're doing this training. And so that way, then when you've done this four or five times, you're like, find it find it. And then you go on your walk and all of a sudden they see the, the thing that they're going to bark about, or they start to bark and you go find it. And you throw the thing and they're like, Oh, nose to the ground. I've now forgotten about that thing that I was just barking about because I know find it means I get something really awesome on the yeah. ground. If you live in too urban of an area or where it's just, you're uneasy of throwing something on the ground, you know, there's cigarette butts, there's chew packets, there's whatever. Then they just turn and look at you. So same thing, we started in the house. Before you go on your walk, you're gonna take three or four laps within your home and you say the dog's name and they look at you and then you give them the cookie. Then we go outside, every two to three steps, you call their name, they look at you, you give them a cookie, you call their name, give them a cookie. Every time they look at you, you give them a cookie. Do that for about 10 cookies and then watch yourself where you're walking in about every three or four steps, they're just gonna look at you and you don't even need to call their name. And then you give them the cookie. Uh-huh. So we're training them that anytime that you're out for a walk, they need to check in. And then it gets them to the point where they see the thing that they wanna bark about. And if they don't automatically look at you, you call their name, they turn and look, they get the cookie. And then you can hold that cookie in your hand and make them kind of fight for it. You know how you've done that. You've teased them a little bit, right? Like you held a little, yeah. little stinky treat in your hand and they have to like muzzle their nose into there to get it. Oh yeah. You can now do that as you're walking and now you're past the thing that's going to make them bark and lose their mind. And then you go, good! And you hand them
0: their cookie. So they're still getting the reward. They're being distracted right. and we're teaching them over the, the short and the long term. Yeah. If you do one walk a day and you start with
1: again, either the find it or you call their name. Uh-huh. Always start it a little bit in the house, just because you're setting them up to yeah. this is my expectation. Yeah. And then when we go outside, we're gonna do the same thing, you know, on your your personal sidewalk or just right out in front. Practice it. If you need, if your dog is just super excited to go outside for a walk, you might just want to walk up and down your driveway or your piece until they get the concept. And then you start on your little jaunt. If you do one walk a day uh-huh. in two weeks, your dog's going to have this mastered. Yeah. And these walks don't need to be long. You don't need to do it for half an hour or an hour. You know, it doesn't need to be the 10 mile hike. Yeah. Literally a walk around the block. If that, uh-huh. if you can keep it short and to the point, they'll master it super quickly. Um, mm. This is also how we teach loose leash walking.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Because
1: that dog all oh, and when I say loose leash, I mean that dog does not need to be with its shoulder blades behind my kneecap. <laughs> the dog just needs to not pull me. Yeah. They can yeah. be in front of me, you know, two feet. They can be behind me a couple like that's irrelevant. The key is the dog is not dragging you down the sidewalk.
0: And I think for me, this would also be good for Violet because she is so unaware of her bigness of where she's at if she's stepping on me if she's in front of me if she's going to trip me because i want my walk too and i want her to have her walk but i'm having to pay attention i get a trip over my dog (laughs) so her checking in with me constantly may make her a little more aware of where she's at absolutely because they're always turning to look always turning
1: to look always (laughs) turning to look and even if you have a well-behaved dog and you see the neighbor coming and their dog's losing their mind and it might be causing your dog stress. So again, teaching that, look at me, see, let that stressful thing. Just walk on by. You got this. I have belief in you. I'm, I'm validating your feelings. Like, let's keep moving forward. We got this. Um, Cause what most people do when you're out on the walk, right? And your dog starts barking, you pull up on the leash, And now now your fingers and your fists are at your chest because you've pulled up on the leash and now you're having that conversation with your dog (laughs) as quietly as you can of, shh, stop, no bark, shut up, Uh Uh damn it, you know, (laughs) along with maybe a few other words.
0: Uh And you're
1: trying to restrain your dog. Yeah. Which now you're in conflict with your dog because of the restraint. You've pulled up on the leash. You are now tense. Mm-hmm because you have flexed your muscles, you are now translating tension down. And now the dog's like, mom's tense. She just pulled up, what's going on? Now I'm on high alert and maybe I'm gonna bark more. Yeah. Maybe now I'm gonna associate every time we see a thing, the human, the dog, mom pulls up, I need to be on guard because mom's nervous. They start to associate that to where if your hand is down because you're given a cookie and you're remembering, I have to call my dog's name, he has to turn, I have to give him a cookie. And then step up your, plate, your pace just a little bit. You don't have to run. Don't be like, oh my God, there's the thing. Let's run. Here's a cookie. Just start walking a little faster. Be like, oh, there it is. Okay. One, two, cookie. One, two, cookie. One, two, cookie. Because then the dog's like, oh, something exciting. Again, it's distracting them from that thing across the street or the thing coming at you. If the thing's coming at you and that dog's pulling that owner by the end of the leash and you're like, I have no idea how this is going to go. It's going to go really good or really bad. And again, if your dog is even well-behaved, step off the sidewalk, step in between two cars, you know, take your dog out of the situation. Your job as a pet parent is to lead your dog to a good life. Yeah. Just like if you see something shady coming down the sidewalk and you have your kid with you, you're going to step off to the side, right? Like you're going to lead the situation to be safe and healthy, no different than your dog. Absolutely. You know, don't expect your dog to lead you. That's not what we want. You don't (laughs) want your dog leading you down the sidewalk. You need to lead your dog. And again, you know, it it doesn't matter if the dog's a few feet in front of you, a few feet behind you, whatever. As long as the leash is loose, a lot of times I tell people take your thumb and stick it in the pocket of your coat or your, your hoodie or your pants, just hook your thumb there. Because then that causes you to not be pulling up on that leash. That's a big reason why we like those um, dog walking belts. Oh, yeah. You're physically not touching the leash. So you're not
0: transferring your emotions through the leash. Because dogs absolutely pay attention to your body language. Oh, certainly. They definitely read that as much as, uh, they hear they know their words and i think i'm a bad pet parent cuz i have walked dogs for a lot of years <laughs> <laughs> and i'm kind of like one of those i can i i do everything right when i'm out walking other people's dogs but when it's my dogs and i'm home i feel like sometimes i struggle for leader of the pack if you
1: meet a dog trainer and they don't own a crappy dog probably <laughs> not a good dog trainer <laughs> i'm serious every great phenomenal dog trainer i know has at least one crappy dog (laughs) because they go yeah you know what it's my dog whatever (laughs) it's like the the craziest thing when i started dog training and i would meet these trainers and they're like oh yeah you can't touch fluffy over there fluffy will eat your face and i'm like but you're a trainer i just make excuses for it i just i'd love to train other people's dogs
0: Uh just not my own
1: okay i don't Um, feel
0: so alone then
1: (laughs) no no Um, Dr. Ian Dunbar, who's like one of the godfathers of dog training, he lets his dog jump up on him. And he said, I trained my dog. I gave it a word. So when my dog does something naughty, I, I, I take that opportunity and I give it a word. So up was his word. And he goes, so when I come home from a week of traveling and I walk in the door, I want my dog to jump on me and give me love. I've missed it. But when I have someone coming into my house, I don't want the dog to jump on them. So by giving the negative a word, that's how he trained his dog. Yep. Hop. And then the dog jumps up on him and gives him hugs and kisses. When people come over, he says, no, hop, no hop. And then the dog knows don't jump up on them. Yeah. It's just one of those where, again, jumping up on people, right? Like we train our dogs not to do that. But yet we love it when they jump up and cuddle with us right so how is the dog supposed to know when it's okay and when it's not you give it a word
0: absolutely
1: now when you're walking down the street and your dog's barking at somebody you don't want to tell your dog shut up you know like (laughs) so we're giving it something different Uh um, to train them to always check in with you you're the you're leading them to safety and
0: happiness and healthiness yeah. Because the three of us, because I, I bring up both of my dogs at the same time. We all mm-hmm. want a good walk. We love to walk. Could this transfer to any bad behavior that somebody's having on their walk with their dog? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I said, we use
1: this technique to teach loose leash walking. So when I have hounds who their nose is to the ground, right? Like they just want to sniff everything. And the owners are like, yeah, but they drag me because they want to sniff everything. Great. Guess what you're going to play? Find it your whole walk. You're just going to throw Kibble, And if the dog doesn't catch it, just keep walking. Don't stop and have the dog come back. Enjoy your walk. But you're gonna have, a take their one cup of food or two cup, whatever. Take some of their food, stick it in your pocket. You're gonna show them that you got it. When you start out your walk, do a couple find-its again as you're going down your, your driveway. And then your entire walk, every now and again, find it and you throw some. Cause then that keeps them closer to you. Cause they know mom's gonna throw that, find it. I'm gonna yeah. get that something right? It keeps them engaged because that's what they're looking for. They're looking for something to use their nose because they're nose dogs, those hounds, whether it's a beagle or a plot hound or blue tick, it doesn't matter, right? Like they want to use their nose. Yeah. So you're, you're creating that
0: scenario, but at your pace. That's, that's really, that's the best advice. And I'm going to be trying that in between now and the next time we talk. There you go. There you go.
1: You know, and, and the only difference is when your dog is barking in the house. So we get a lot of people like, oh yeah, my dog jumps up on the couch and looks out the window and freaks out every time it sees people walking by. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, first off, you're going to have to move your couch for a week or two. Yeah. Because we need to do a little bit of training and the training can't happen when your dog is escalated already at the window because you didn't know something was coming. Yeah. So I always tell people figure out, you know, figure out something to remove the couch or close your drapes or whatever it needs to be for a week or two while we work on this. But that's what we're working on, right?
0: Yeah.
1: So ring your doorbell, throw some stuff on the ground, find it. So they associate every time the doorbell rings, I go to my dog bed or I stand five feet from the door. Oh. And you can start it. I usually start it way far away. As far as I can from the door. As a trainer, I just go to the hardware store and for $10, you can get a wireless doorbell system. So I hold the button in my hand and then I plug the chimer into an outlet. So then I'm 10 feet away from the door. I hit the button, it chimes and I'm like, find it. And I throw the food down and then we slowly, and then we teach the weight in there. And then we slowly work our way to the door. So I can hit the doorbell, knock on the door, you know, pizza delivery. And we say stuff. We're like delivery. Hello. And that type of thing. So you're going to do that for the window. So you can do that as the find it. Again, you're teaching the dog you'll see somebody out the window and you'll, you know, the dog starts to lose his mind. Then you're like, find it. And then they come running to you. Um, the second thing you can do, and this is an in the house thing or the backyard. So you said your dogs are great in the backyard, which is typically not the case. One of them is
0: great in the backyard. <laughs> Perfect.
1: So the other, so the other scenario, you're going to have to leave some slip on shoes or something near your door. Um, so dogs in the backyard, and it's barking in the corner of your yard and you're like, "What? I don't know what they're barking at. You're calling them in. They're not coming. Well, no, they're not coming. Cause they're, when they're in the backyard and they're barking, it's usually mom, mom, Hey, Hey, there's something over here. Come here, come here, mom, mom, come here, come here. Right. That's what they're doing. Yeah. They're trying to get your attention. Cause there's something really cool. It might just be a leaf that just happened to land in that spot, but it's not supposed to be there. You got to slip on your shoes. You're going to walk over, pat your dog on the head or uh, scratch their butt doesn't matter. You need to physically touch them, not spanking them, but you're going to physically touch them in a positive manner and go, yep, good. Let's go. And then (laughs) reward them as you're walking away. Okay. So there's two reasons. One, you need to validate what they're doing. You got to validate that. Secondly, you're teaching them that when I say, yep, good, let's go meaning coming back to you or come or whatever your word is to get them Mm -hmm. to come to you. So you're training them. So now it, and again, this takes some time so you can plant stuff in your yard or you can set up scenarios. But if you did this, you know, let's say once a week, twice a week for a month, Mm -hmm. now the dog's in the corner of the yard, you open the door and you say, Fluffy. Yep, good, come. The dog's gonna go, oh, mom validated what I saw. And she's telling me to come and now I'm going to get a cookie.
0: And that tone of voice is important.
1: Absolutely. If you're out there going, knock it off, shut up. (laughs) First off, your neighbors are going, Jesus Christ, Uh right? Like, (laughs) Thar, she blows. (laughs) Right. They're like, that lady's so grouchy with her dog. Why does she even have a dog? (laughs) And, you know, too, the dog is like, this is something good, right? Their dog, your dog is telling you, oh my God, there's this. right and their dog is excited yeah in some way shape or form um and they're trying to communicate with you because they're super excited and they want you to be excited yeah so if you're like fluffy yep good come they're like okay so it's validating what they're trying to tell you and this is the piece i i always kind of hit at some weirdos looking in your windows and fluffy starts losing their mind I don't know anybody that says, well, I don't want my dog to bark if there's a stranger. Yeah. People always say, because I, I ask them, I'm like, well, how does your dog know when it's a good person at the door or in your backyard or a bad person? How does the dog supposed to know the difference? Yeah. Do you want your dog to bark when there's a bad person at the door and in, in, peeking in your windows or at your car? Well, yeah. Always.
0: always. Great. That's why we teach them your words. Absolutely. I I see the definite wisdom in that because we do want Fluffy to bark and we don't have to tell them to bark. We don't have to show fear for them to bark because that's teaching them something else. If they're barking, if they're scaring away, whatever isn't supposed to be there, that's awesome. If they're in the yard showing you something and wanting to share it with you, then that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Again, it's that relationship.
1: Yeah you know, whether the dog is barking at the thing because it wants to protect you from it and it doesn't know what it is in the yard because it's a weird leaf or a piece of tin foil mm-hmm. or plastic that, you know, plastic bag that blew into your backyard. Yeah. Um, but the key is for you to be able to recall them back, say, yep, I see it, it's good, come here. Absolutely, yeah. You know, that's that piece to it that you're validating the dog, you're thanking them for alerting you and now come here and let me reward you for that. That was great
0: because that's awesome with them having that relationship with you and that they will do that and you're building that if you ever are out and they do get away or barking at something that they will come to you that they trust you that they're not afraid to come back to you and that you can get them back on the leash again or whatever the situation be that they come to you
1: yeah and what we have found is you know, because people are like, oh my gosh, my dog, you know, my kids opened the door and the dog took off and was over at the neighbor's and I was yelling, fluffy, come, fluffy, come. But as soon as I said, good, that dog turned around and hauled back. I said, well, yeah, they know what good means. Good means they're getting a cookie. Come.
0: Absolutely. Yeah,
1: maybe you've worked on it. Maybe you haven't. Or maybe you, you used that word before, but you were calm. Uh-huh. And they didn't know if it would be good or bad, but as soon as you said, good. <laughs> They know that cookie is coming. So yeah, they're going to turn around and come to you.
0: I had that exact situation happen to me several weeks ago. Dogs got out the front yard and I was like, oh, I I kept control of my voice and they came back. I used the right words that I would normally use and like, it worked. It really worked. And um, one last thing about barking, do you believe that there's a... See for me, I there's the barks where my dogs are barking. Yeah, they're barking. And but there's this other bark where I take it a serious bark, where I know yeah. that they feel or sense danger for whatever reason, and I take that bark seriously. Do you believe that? You know, is that a real thing? Oh, absolutely.
1: Um, in a doggy daycare environment, we actually have a training video that is black, so the screen is black, right? And they have to listen to four different types. I think it's four different types of barks and identify. Is it an alarm bark? Is it a, there's something super scary bark? Is it, I'm playing and I want your attention bark? You know, we know that one, right? Um, You know, the alarm barking is usually like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's usually a little lower um, to where your attention bark's usually a little higher. And then there's just the, just gonna bark hey hey (laughs) hey right so we look at the tone high or low the consistency is it and it's just it keeps going at that same rhythm or is it roof roof
0: roof roof yeah
1: so yes absolutely there are different tones in there Um, with hunting dogs when they're on the trail of whatever it is that they're sniffing out there are different noises. They'll they have a, and we call it the alert where it's just woof, woof, as they're scenting. When they really catch it, they know they're getting close to whatever it is that they're trying to catch. It's woof, 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 woof. And then when the thing has run up the tree, you know, let's say it's a raccoon or something, um, or they get to the site where where they needed to be, if it's a pheasant dog, you know, the pheasant dogs freeze. The hound dogs, then there, then it's the high alert. It's roo, 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 roo. hey, mm-hmm. hey, it's right here, it's right here, come get it, come get it. <laughs> um, yep. You know, so and it's no different whether it's search and rescue dogs, police dogs. You know, they all it, the tone is different, obviously based on mm-hmm. the breed, right? Your chihuahua mm-hmm. versus your German shepherd, yeah. But h- how that barking is signaling us is all the same. It's this. Mm-hmm biological communication thing across all breeds, the alarm, the alert, um, the very, the attention getting barking. So, yeah. And you'll, I mean, you know, you know, when when you're, again, if you're just listening for that bark, you can tell now when you're on the walk, that's where it gets a little harder because you've got external noises in your urban environment. Um, And that's where you look at, at the dog's body language with the bark. But yeah, I mean, When we're in a daycare environment um, and we separate our dogs into different play groups, but yeah, I mean, I'm bent over picking up some pee in one spot and I hear a bark and I'll turn and go, "Uh -uh uh-uh-uh, because I know that tone means that something was escalating that I didn't want to escalate. So we have to be very aware in a group um, that's loud and we allow barking. We allow them to bark and say hello to each other and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, you have to know the tone and, the intensity of that bark and and what they mean, yeah. yeah, it's it's interesting how they communicate in so many different ways,
0: mm-hmm. and you experience it every day, which is what's so cool because you you know it. It's like, well, of course, it's your business, <laughs> yeah, and it's what you do every day, which I think is. I went into the wrong part of the business. (laughs) I love dog walking, but I, yeah, I think a doggy daycare would just be so much fun. And so how people, if they want to look for you online, they have the Facebook page. Yeah, yeah. So we have two Facebook pages. We have Fun
1: for Pets, Doggy Daycare and Boarding. um, And that is the daycare and boarding side. And then we have Fun for Pets training program. And that's where we put up tips and tricks on there. Um, We run a... A nonprofit in our dog daycare, so it's our way to give back to the community called Second Chance to Shine, Um, and these are shelter dogs uh, from shelters and rescues that are typically on euthanization lists. You know they have some attitude adjustment adjusting that needs to be done, or they're super barky in their kennel, so they're you know they're not looked at as very well adaptable dogs. And so those dogs, when we work with them, that goes on our training program page. So you can see the good, bad, and the ugly, yep. you know, you'll see the dog losing its mind and how we're working to redirect them. And sometimes we, you'll see us making it happen. And sometimes you'll see us not making it happen. And we show all of that because training, although it is a science, it isn't perfect the first time around. And that's typically where pet parents get frustrated. Yeah. I tried this and it didn't work. Okay. So let's talk about dialing it back, Yeah, right? Like the find it, your dog may not get it the first three times, maybe four times. Try a different treat, make it a stinkier treat, make it something they really want Uh the first few times. So then you can back off and then just do your store-bought treat or do their kibble, right? Like you have to encourage them. The first time you're, you know, you rode a bike, It wasn't, hey, hop on, let's go. It was, okay, so it's going to wobble a little bit. You know, you kind of talk them through the steps and the process and you practice on the grass maybe instead of the concrete. Um, And you do those things because you're, you're setting the stage. You're setting it up for a positive. And same thing with dog training. If people tell me something isn't working, we dial it back. We might say, okay, don't do it at all. And I want you to hand feed. And every time you hand the dog the food, I want you to say, find it. Like we might dial it all the way back to that to set the yeah. dog up. Yeah. Um, so it it's a process and not everything works for every dog.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're all different. And that's kind of like, as in humans, not everything works for me that may work for somebody else. And it, when you, but when you find it, it is so magical. Absolutely. Well, it, it feels that way because it works and it's yeah. good and it makes you go, okay, I can move on to this next thing because it is a relationship you build with your dog. Actually. And um, absolutely
1: and and that's where you know we had a great dane that was not food motivated it didn't matter i mean it didn't matter what i tried the only thing that kind of worked was sardines and those are just nasty to work with, oh period. yeah yeah um, and they stink <laughs> but <laughs> but the dog loved physical touch
0: yeah
1: so when we would go out on our walks and it was highly reactive um when it would see other dogs on a walk and it's a big dog i mean it was 160 oh, pounds yeah yeah you know, I don't weigh that much. So it was okay. We need to make sure that we have control. Yeah. Um, and because the dog was tall, I found that I had my hands up. Oh yeah. Not relaxed. Yeah. So I was part of the problem because the dog was taller. So I felt like I had to have my hands up, up in the air higher. Um, so I waist belt and then I did, I went back to put my thumb in my pocket. Okay. So now I'm loose leash. Okay. Let's see how that worked. That worked a little better. Yeah. And then we went to the dog loved physical touch. So before we went on our walk, I would scratch its butt. And again, it was a Dane. So it made it really easy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it was like right at that level. And I'd, I'd go good. Yeah. And then it would turn and looked at me. Then I would scratch the top of the head or the ears. Yeah. So I would touch the butt to get the attention. And then when it would look, then I would touch the head that worked phenomenally well. Yeah. For that dog. Yeah. For littler dogs where I'm bending over because I'm taller (laughs) than they are, right? Like a French Uh bulldog or something. I would take a chucket, the plastic piece of a it where you would put the ball in. Or you could use a yardstick or like the extra long paint sticks. Uh And I would put little peanut butter on it. Oh, yeah. So I didn't have to bend over. Good idea. Call the dog's name. Fluffy. They'd look. Here you go. Take a lick. And then the sticks back up. Yeah. So you figure out what works for the dog and for you.
0: I mean, truly,
1: and for you. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's that relationship. It's finding what works for the both of you. I think that's so important. Now, do you have lessons online that people can take? Yeah, so we actually offer Zoom classes. Ooh, yay. Right? Thank you, Pandemic, for introducing us
1: to Zoom. And that's worked out great for people that are all over the place. You know, um, we've done... We've had people from Maine join our Zoom classes. Uh, We just had somebody from New Mexico join a Zoom class and we made them affordable. It's $15. You max out at six um, people in a class. So there is not a, it ends in an hour. It ends when it ends. It ends when we've gotten to everybody. Yeah. And the nice thing about the Zoom is if you have a dog that is just too scared to go to, like you go to a class and it shuts down. Oh yeah. Right, the nervousness of it. Or your dog is just so reactive that there's just no way it can be in a room with another dog.
0: Mm-hmm. That's where this Zoom training comes in. Yeah, that's brilliant. I love that idea. Because I'll I'll tell this quick story. <laughs> when I took my my uh, my Millie to her first class, she was a she was such a timid puppy. Not now, but as a puppy, she was timid. She pooped and peed all over the place in her first <laughs> class. <laughs> So Star student, me. star student. Oh. Yep, and, but she was eventually. But I, I was cleaning it up, and the leader of the class had her and was using her to help teach as I was cleaning all that up. And, but ultimately, she was she was the best learner. She's, she's a fantastic walker and. But that first class, if we could have had that at home over zoom, (laughs) right? oh, that would have been amazing. That is fantastic. I will put those links on the website. I will put them on the YouTube because I think that's important. And I may be joining one of those classes because it's good to have that reinforcement. I'm a dog walker. I walk dogs and I'm, and I am the one in charge. I, I do all that stuff when I'm walking other people's dogs. When I'm at home, I am that trainer. I like that relationship with my dog and it makes such a difference.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. In our zoom classes, um, we call them name your pain. So it's not, you know, you're coming in to do obedience. You are coming in to name your pain Uh, and what are we working on? So it is, it's about as close to Uh one-on-one, um, training as you're going to get. And then the benefit is, okay, so now you're worked on this and then maybe you join another zoom class in a month and now you've got a different pain because you've mastered your first one. So now let's move on to your next pain.
0: That sounds so wonderful. Do you teach a dirt as one of your, um, other, uh, you know, I have two other trainers
1: that will pop on because they have multiple dogs in their household. Uh, so one of our trainers specializes in reactivity and, um, feral dogs. And then the other trainer has done show jogs and, um, canine good citizen stuff. So they both are on the zoom so that way you're getting a a good mix. And then they both have multiple dogs. So if your dog is you know, doing something crazy, like again, barking at strangers or the doorbell, Uh the one trainer will be like, okay, so set your dog up, show me what you're doing. And then she'll show you using her dog what to do. And then she'll have you do it. So then she can critique you and help you in your environment. Right. So that's the other thing. Like we have a lot of dogs are like, they came to class, no reactivity. We Uh couldn't make them do stuff. We're ringing our doorbell. We're doing this and that, but then the people would go home and their doorbell would go off and then the dog would go off. So this way, you know, it's specific to you in your home, in your
0: environment. And it's so affordable because I know in my area to have a trainer come to your home, it's over a hundred dollars a session. Yes, yep, and that's just
1: it. It's Zoom, you know, we're home, we might have our pajama bottoms on, you know, like it, again, it's it's not as much of a huge commitment for us as trainers because we're Mm. not having to drive to your home, there's the drive time. You know, there's the insurance liability we'll be walking oh, yeah. into your home and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And it's a safety thing. Again, especially yes. if it's a reactive dog or a dog yeah. that is just too scared to do anything. It's, it's a personal experience and the dog's at ease. You can breathe better, right? Because now you're not uh-huh. holding that energy of walking into a classroom and oh my gosh, what is my dog going to do? That's going to be me today.
0: <laughs> um,
1: yeah, so, I, I know that. Yeah, I mean we've all been there, right? Like yeah. even when I'm working with training dogs, I'm like, okay, please be on your best behavior right now. Yeah. Um, so we're not holding on to that as we're walking in to a classroom. Uh-huh. You're in your home. And please don't clean your house. Don't try and set it up. <laughs> we need to see yeah. what your dog is doing. Yeah. You know, yeah. leave the couch where it is that your dog is, you know, ripped to shreds because it jumps up on there and bounces mm-hmm. off your glass window trying to eat the mailman as he's putting a package.
0: <laughs> For sure. Oh, Eve, it's been such a great, such a great talk with you as always.
1: Oh, well, thank you. It's, you know, this is always fun. I I love to help people have a better relationship with their pet. And, you know, it just makes everybody and
0: the world a better place absolutely i so agree with you and i hope we'll have you on again uh we hopefully next you. month <laughs> yeah we will see you next month for sure uh, we'll have may's episode and and i'll i i already have in the back of my mind an idea of of what we'll talk about then <laughs> <laughs> exciting thank you <laughs>